Y'all better put him in the Heisman. Got that wood right here, baby. This is the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast, brought to you by Bud Light Lemon Tea, a unique twist on America's favorite light lager. They're going to run and get that boot. The Arkansas Razorbacks have completed the dream season. A baseball team that's on the way back. A college world series title. Stadium. I almost got fired because I went Willie the boss after I had a little too much sauce. This is the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. The thing is, is that it feels like it's been a while since we've been able to do what you're being yeah. today. So there's been a lot building up, and I'm sure we're going to have a great segment on that because I know I got some great stuff about it. I know you do as well, Tommy. And uh, I just I, I'm looking forward to it. Honestly, I know that we have other stuff to talk about. that's going to be fun. But what's your beef Wednesday is always my favorite. And we always want you listener to get involved with what's your beef Wednesday. So remember that you can call or text in 877-377-6963. You can tweet at us and hit that line. AR go to our Facebook page. Watch our Periscope. Watch our YouTube page. Watch our Facebook Live. I mean, other than that, we're hiding from you. Yeah, exactly. We're we're really doing the show in the shadows back here where no one can see us and no one knows that we're around. But all those other things, though, you could probably find us on. So uh, be sure to check it out if you want to get involved on that today. So I'm really looking forward to that. And, and, you know, the thing is, too, is not only is What's Your Beef Wednesday, I think is going to be fascinating today, but I wanted to dive into a topic that we, we got into a little bit yesterday when we were talking about that article that was written from ESPN.com dealing with the the position you. And, and it seems like they do one of these, or at least somebody writes these articles every single year where they take this formula of, okay, where how many yards do these players have and where were they drafted and how many accomplishments and awards did they win? And then we're going to put it all together and we're going to throw it out there of which teams have the best position groups in their history. And I remember one year, I think it was just actually like three or four or five years ago, ESPN.com did it. And at running back, Arkansas was number one. They called him running back you, which just caused a stir for everybody. Like, how dare you even say Arkansas is in there? Mm -hmm. They're nobodies. But when they took their formula, they had it. And, of course, the University of Arkansas just grabbed, latched onto that and just blew it up into a big deal. Same thing with the tight end position all that. But anyways, when we started talking about these position groups and where they've been in lead, I started really thinking about it. I was like, well, Arkansas has had really good tight ends, as we mentioned, just in the past 10 years. My goodness, you could call them tight end you for the accomplishments they've had. They have really good running backs, too, of course, being listed. But let's break down every position group and see where they were at. And then I started diving into it, and I got to the quarterbacks over the past 10 years. I'm like, okay, they've been pretty good there. Since 2011, they've had five drafted tight ends. It's not bad. Drafted. <laughs> That's not bad. Yeah. Five drafted tight ends. Sprinkle, Henry, Derby, Greg, Williams. DJ Williams. Wow where it started tight end you i think would be a very fair comparison and a very fair uh title for what arkansas is trying to do at tight end but tight end's been great running back's been great even throw in quarterback something that we were discussing before the show Uh, for a while i thought it was going to be center you yeah you had luigs you had swanson and you kind of had a good run of some remington award winners yeah and And then converted then that kind of fell off for a while yeah and then Ragnow was playing center for a little bit, too. Didn't come in as a center, but had to yeah. move him over. But you've had some some drafted linemen, but um, Arkansas always had a good tradition of linemen. There's a lot of linemen that have been drafted over the years. Mm-hmm. I think in the last seven or eight years, that number's about four or five. I was looking this up yesterday. Yeah. and But they're having Frank Ragnow, obviously the most recent, most notable. But it's center. the center position is the is has been the most notable on the offensive line. Yes, far as most productive in the draft mm-hmm. for Arkansas. Yeah. And then just up until these past 
three years or so, Arkansas consistently under all these different coaches that they had had really good offensive lines. I mean, even Bobby Petrino, he had guys like you mentioned Travis Swanson. I mean, Alvin Bailey was a really good mm-hmm. offensive guard. He had he had some solid guys there. We all know what Houston Nutt had an offensive line. It seemed like every year he had an All SEC or All American oh, guy there. You go back. I'm thinking about guys going back to trying to get my years right, but like. Nate Garner and Bo Lacey and oh yeah, Anderson. way back. I mean, we know about Sean Andrews, but I mean, you go back there. You know, Arkansas has had a good tradition on the offensive line. But, Kenny Sandlin, you know, Boster. I mean, now we're going back to the '98 group. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, you you keep going back, and it's right. just and then after that though. But I mean, when you got good teams with good offensive lines, you know, in five positions, there's going to be some drafted guys. Yeah, it's just going to happen. So Arkansas has really had solid offensive lines by and large for the most part. Over the past few years. And then if you even dive into continuing on with the offense, because we talked about quarterback and how uh, three of the past four, and I'm not counting Story or Cole Kelly, but three of the past four starting quarterbacks for Arkansas have been drafted with Ryan Mallett, Tyler Wilson, and Brandon Allen. Yep. Austin Allen at least got a shot at, at the NFL as right. well. He's undrafted free agent. Correct. So, I mean, which right there is more success Arkansas has had a quarterback than and, the previous like 50 years combined. And I guess you look at it, of those three um, Mallet, Wilson, Brandon. I guess Tyler's stay in the NFL was the the shortest because I mean yeah. Ryan had a lengthy stay as a backup, but pays pretty good, mm-hmm. you know, and even started on a couple occasions, right? And Brandon's still bouncing around. See with the with the Rams last year, the, yeah. And then Tyler was there three seasons. Started with the Raiders and went to the Titans, I believe. and then with the Bing Bengals. Had a, yeah, had yeah. a shot with the Bengals as well. And and really, his concussions that you know that that was a problem for mm-hmm. him. Yeah, but they had guys getting at least shots in the NFL, right? Which to me shows that hey, you're at least if you're good enough to play in the NFL, or at least get right. a roster spot but on the NFL, you're good. That was three drafted quarterbacks in a row. I don't think you can go back. Just thinking of this off the top, of my head, name me another time Arkansas has had three starting quarterbacks in a row drafted. In the NFL. Did they even have three quarterbacks total drafted in the NFL before that? And I'm not saying that to be snarky. I'm honestly asking because, you know, I don't count Matt Jones being drafted as a quarterback because he was more drafted as a wide receiver. But, I mean... Well, he was drafted as a wide receiver. Yeah, and so I don't count him. So if even before that, I mean, you're talking about, I mean, Joe Ferguson, I know. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, I have to really go back historically and see which quarterbacks were drafted for Arkansas and if they had any success. But the point is, is that Arkansas, if you want to talk about their golden era of quarterbacks, it's certainly been in the past 10 years. Now, some of you may say that's really sad because as good as the quarterback play may have looked like, it still shows that historically you were never a program that was able to produce really good quarterbacks at a consistent basis. Some of you may uh, chalk that up to the fact that there was the style of football that you were running. Uh, you know, there's a lot of different things you could look at it. But quarterback's been really good. Wide receiver's been really good. I mean, you could even make the argument that the golden era of wide receiver's been in the past 10 years with the amount of guys that you've had that have been really good and really fun to watch. We already mentioned all the guys that Petrino had and who he coached, but if, if you look at that and if you look at some of the guys that were brought in, like a Drew Morgan, he was kind of underrated there, really made a name for himself there. Keon Hatcher was really good when he was healthy. He had some playmakers there. So you've always had some good wide receivers dating back to that, and even guys like Marcus Monk. Marcus Monk was probably the only wide receiver in Houston Nuts era that he recruited that was actually uh, lived up to a lot of the expectations there. Before that, Anthony Eubanks, Anthony Lucas, J.J. Metters. I mean, they always had some good wide receivers. So, I mean, if you keep going down these position groups, 
and you start seeing and looking at it, you're like, hey, Arkansas was pretty good at this, pretty good at this. But if you really narrow it down into the past 10 years, because I feel like that's a good length of time to be able to figure out exactly how good your program is, how good your position groups were, and since it's of recent history and shows how the progression of it all is going, I think that's a good little length of time to look at. And when you do break it down, Tommy, the two position groups that I am sitting here struggling to figure out of why these position groups have not been any good, why they haven't had a bunch of elite players or at least a couple of elite players. It doesn't have to be elite players, just really good college football players. There's two groups, the linebackers and the defensive backs. Mm -hmm. Now with the linebackers, you've at least had one or two. I think Martrell Spate, without a doubt, has been the best linebacker Arkansas has had the past 10 years. I don't think you can really totally argue that. I mean, the guy led the league in tackling. He was first team all SEC. Guy was a beast. And then also, you had a guy that's more recent, Dre Greenlaw. He got drafted into the NFL. And if you're a linebacker who gets drafted in the NFL from Arkansas, that's worth something. I think he was really good. And you had a couple guys that were just, you know, decent, had some decent years here and there. But if you move to the defensive backs, Tommy, off the top of your head, Tell me who the best defensive back Arkansas has had in the past 10 years. Kevin Mitchell's the first name that comes to mind. It was my first one, too. I don't know if that's right, but that's what comes to mind. But can you even think of another one that could be considered? Because that's what I'm struggling with. And I know this is not exactly you know, having breaking news saying that Arkansas has struggled in the secondary for the past few years. But it's just crazy to me that in every position group or at least most position groups Arkansas in the past 10 years has had really good really solid play at least for the most part offensive line has been good for the most part defensive line has had some dudes on there for the most part wide receivers tight ends quarterbacks running backs even kickers for crying out loud you had Zach Hawker that guy was great but the secondary if the only guy you can name and you can think of that has been really good was Tevin Mitchell, which he was up and down. It was really his senior year where he came out in 2014 and really did well enough to get drafted and have, be in the NFL. I think it was with the Colts and the Redskins. To me, that's alarming. <laughs> that's alarming. And I wonder why. Why is it? Is it simply recruiting? Is it simply the defensive scheme? Is it the fact that you not have not had a secondary coach that's been able to recruit and develop guys to be able to be really good in this league? But it, you know, every every team and every program seems like they can't get a certain position group down. Alabama can't find a kicker. LSU's never going to find a quarterback, it seems like. They can be elite at everything else, but they can't be good at quarterback. Arkansas might be the secondary. And why they can't be good at it. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast, brought to you by Bud Light Lemon Tea, a unique twist on America's favorite light lager. Now he does a tightrope act. Boy, Houdini's in the house. We're number three, and nobody's home to watch that house. Touchdown, Hogs! Holy Hog! But the two position groups we're really talking about of what they've lacked in has been linebacker, but especially defensive backs. All right. So just looking at drafted Razorbacks, going back, we'll just start in 92. Start the SEC era. How many 
Defensive backs. Do you think Arkansas has had chosen in the NFL draft, according mm. to the Arkansas media guide? Which never lies. May have once. <laughs> and y'all perfectly scope or figure that one out when yeah. we're scoping through this. How many Razorbacks do you think have been drafted as defensive backs in the SEC era? Well, to be honest, I'm not going to know much about the early mid '90s eras. That's maybe like I really started following it when Houston Nut came along. So, I mean, not many. What five, six, something like that? Seven, seven. That's more than I thought. Nope, you didn't miss much in those early <laughs> '90s. Literally, nope. First drafted defensive back, according to the media guy, was in 2002. Actually, David Barrett and Kenoy Kennedy. Really good players. They list Carlos Hall, but Carlos Hall was a linebacker. He was a linebacker, then converted to a D-lineman in the NFL. It says D-back in there. We're, we're not counting him. No. In in the 0-2 draft. Not counting that one. Ken Hamlin in 03. Really Batman good. Carroll. Batman. First rounder. Oh, yeah. Remember, Remember they did put the car the uh, car wash mitts on him? Oh, yeah. <laughs> he ran fast. Yeah. He was fast. 04 draft. Remember Vic Vaughn? I do, and I can't believe I that he got that drafted. Guy. Seventh round, barely got drafted. Chris Houston, boy, there's another good one. Second rounder mm-hmm. in 07. And then crickets from 07 until Tevin Mitchell in the sixth round. That's unbelievable. Of 15. Well, the sixth round. So think about this. 2000 to 2007, and then one out, the only outlier is Tevin Mitchell. What's the common denominator there? Houston Nut era. Yeah. Six of the seven defensive backs drafted, which that's not a lot of, that's not a big number, but of the ones you've had, we're from under Houston Nut. We're in the Houston Nut era. Now, offenses were different, so defenses were different. That's right. But isn't it, it tells me the recruiting was different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because the, to me, when I was looking back and some of the names you mentioned, of course, it really brings some of them back. Some of them were really good there. I mean, Batman Carroll and Chris Houston were yeah. great. Yeah, and, well, and uh, even Ken Hamlin, too. I mean, that guy yeah, was, well, yeah, that was all-timer. And so, you, yeah, you had some guys that it wasn't just like you had a bunch of seventh-round picks. I mean, you had some legitimate dudes back there in the secondary. And when you listed the years, Tommy, most of them were pretty spread out to where every – Three or four years is when these guys came along. So it wasn't like they were all in one year and then the rest of it was crap. It seemed like you at least had one well, guy back there all the time. Barrett and Kennedy, and then you went, you know, so they'd have been in the late 90s, mm-hmm. drafted in 2000. Then you went to Ken Hamlin, just kind of the captain of it. And then And you, and you kind of had the overlap with Batman Carroll. Mm-hmm. Well, he was a frustrating player to watch, <laughs> even though he's great, because he'd hold. And just, I know. And then get flagged and then act like, well, what did I do? Well, yep. You about ripped the guy's jersey off. Yep, he was the first player that I knew that a quarterback could throw overthrow their receiver out of bounds and he'd stand up and do the incomplete sign. Like, dude, you, yeah, you got to overthrew it out of bounds. Chill. You had a player in the, in the secondary drafted in three, four, six, and seven. It's pretty good. Pretty good run. Yeah, and if you think about some so of those what defenses. Happened? That's the question. Well, you changed head coaches <laughs> about that time, right? Yeah. But you've changed head coaches in all the other position groups, and you've been good. At least for the most part. My point is, who was drafting these, I mean, who was recruiting these guys? That was multiple guys, too, because Houston Nutt, here's the thing, Houston Nutt had different secondary coaches throughout the time, too. Who was the guy he started with? Chris Vaughn, is that right? I know that he, yeah, he coached it with him. 
<laughs> God, he 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 had some NCAA issues along the way. Well, because they started off, wasn't Keith Burns also the secondary well, was, coach as well as the defensive coordinator? That may be right. I'm pretty sure he was. And then so you had him, and then I know. I mean, we we may have had to really bring out the media guide mm-hmm. and start going through all the times that. But, uh, my point is, they were recruiting to that position. It, it appears to me. The recruitment to that position may have been a little better back then. But I also think the game has changed, too. The difficulty of playing secondary today is probably a little little steeper than it was 20 years ago. Yeah, which I agree with you. I mean, there's, Just because there's the, no pre- doubt. the pressure on, a, on, on the secondary yeah, because I mean, of the nature of the, of, the, of the game. Yeah, and there's no doubt about that because you have to take that into consideration and knowing exactly you know, what Arkansas was trying to do defensively and how it was different when they were going up against teams. There wasn't this spread, no huddle, hurry up offense. It was pretty conventional. You know, eye formation, play action, stuff like that. You went shot style, you know. Yeah, or a pro style, exactly. So, you know, you, you had these things to where it, it, you add that into effect. But even during the times, because Bobby Petrino, people talk about, oh, yeah, he, his emphasis wasn't on defense. We get all that. And I understand that. And maybe he didn't recruit at all, always at the highest level. Bobby Petrino was able to bring in some really good defensive linemen. Mm-hmm. Bobby Petrino was able to bring in a few linebackers here and there that are at least serviceable. And I, th- I think you've hit on something here. Bringing in the linemen. Um, this is a league that requires you to be very good in the trenches. And I think coaches and, and Bielema have figured this out. And I think, I think Morris knew it and he's got to recruit to it. But I think Bielema didn't quite understand it and he... He he said so after the fact. You got to have more more defensive linemen. I think coaches put so much emphasis on getting linemen. Sometimes secondary guys get get left left behind. Mm-hmm. Which I I get, and because it's like you know, if you had to choose one, Tommy, to win in this league, would you rather have a no. great defensive line or a great secondary? No. Which one? We got to have a defensive line to yeah. win. You so, can't I mean, win without a good defensive line. Yeah, so I understand putting emphasis yeah. on it. Other good. Secondary coaches, Arkansas, Bobby Allen, who's oh, been yeah. a part of like every staff. Seems like it. And Lewis Campbell. Clay Henry, who's uh, possibly going to join us Friday, and we'll have maybe some news about Clay and this show coming up. Points that out. Very good yeah. notes there we should have added. But then you had guys like even under Bielma, you thought, everyone thought Paul Rhodes was going to be you know, big for the secondary when he coached. It's never, never materialized. And... You know, when we talk about in-state recruiting mm-hmm. last week or yesterday, do you feel like maybe that's also goes into it as why you because you don't have a lot of defensive backs coming from the state? Because you remember Darius Winston was a five-star player. You remember that? Remember when Bobby Trino was able to get Darius Winston a five-star defensive back? Has there been a bigger disappointment as a five-star in-state kid, Mitch Mustang? Yeah, but at least he he went eight and zero. Yeah, <laughs> as a starter. It's not like Arkansas had a lot of five-star players come out of the state, so but mm-hmm. no, so it's hard to say which one's. I don't know. Right. He's yeah. been disappointing, no doubt. He was disappointing, um, but that that was my point, though. Is that I mean, you as felt like that was going to be your guy? They couldn't play. I mean, to the to anywhere near the level you expected. Yeah, because you expected when I'm because I remember when Arkansas got him, it was kind of going through the same thing of like, man, Arkansas is getting burned every play, and their mm-hmm. teams are they're making. Other quarterbacks look like Heisman Trophy winners. What was that kid from Georgia that when they came to Fayetteville in 2009? You remember that? Yeah. They lost like by, by 50, it was like 52 points they gave up to Georgia, and they made that guy throw six touchdown passes. He was like the worst quarterback Georgia's had. Like, and stuff like that frustrated people. But then when they brought in Darius Winston, people thought it was, okay, now it's going to change. 
it and it didn't. Didn't even come close to panning it. No. And and the fact that when we're sitting here and we're going through year by year, season by season, era by era, and the best defensive back that we can think of in the past 10 years, and this is no disrespect to him, but if Tevin Mitchell is the best one that we can think of, and that's including cornerbacks and safeties, that's problematic. That's bad. So, obviously, recruiting is the way you fix it. Duh. Yeah. Duh, yeah. I mean, it's obvious. But, but why has it been that way? And how? And is Chad Morris? I know he's I, recruited well in it, but my theory is I go back to something I mentioned. I think head coaches and defensive coordinators at Arkansas have been so uber concerned, so hypersensitive to the need for depth and quality defensive linemen. They've just put a lot of their scholarship resources, a lot of their recruiting efforts, a lot of... It's not that they don't think the secondary is important. It's not that they don't think safeties and corners are important. They just know they have to have tackles and ends to win. Mm-hmm. I, I, I believe you better have a pro-level player, a player that's going to get any great defense, I believe. It's just Tommy Craft theory. Is going to have a player that's going to get drafted at all three levels. I think that's pretty true. You go back and you look at some of these these teams that made championship games and competed for divisions, I bet I bet a common denominator, and I have to go back and kind of research, I bet more often than not, though, you had a player on the defensive line, a linebacker, and someone in that secondary that got drafted. Here's a recent example. Take 2014 defense, which was ranked 10th in the country. They had Trey Flowers and Darius Fion on the defensive line. They had Martrell Spate at linebacker, and they had Tevin Mitchell yeah. in the secondary. There you go. What were all those guys? They were all NFL players. That's just my theory. You, you better. No, have I mean, pro, you better have a pro at every level. No, I, I I think that that's obvious, completely obvious, and that's what's been lacking is that you've had pros. We've listed all the position groups, and Arkansas has had pros at all those position groups, and more often than not. So, but I think coaches. But you can't win. You can have the best secondary in the league, but if you if you're, if you're not very good up front, no, it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Does not matter. If you can't get pressure, if you can't stop the run, the rest of it doesn't matter. Because I mean, you could say all day long that you can, you know, you'd like to have safeties and cornerbacks and stuff. But Tommy, what do you think would happen if one of those Arkansas safeties tried to tackle one on one an Alabama running back? Probably wouldn't go very well. They're main. They're they're safeties for a reason. <laughs> That's the reason they're calm safeties is because you're the last. You're the last resort. You're the last man standing. If they break it into the secondary, they just need you to go out and make a play if you can. They don't need you to be out there making more plays than the defensive linemen. So, you know that that's the thing is that when defensive backs, especially over time, has seemed to have dwindled, especially in the past ten years for Arkansas. Now you understand a lot of times why Arkansas gives up so many yardage through the air and why they've made other quarterbacks look like Heisman Trophy candidates when they're just average in the grand scheme of things. I mean, just think about it, Tommy. How many times do you remember watching Razorback football the past, even when the years that they were pretty good, or at least a decent team, and you remember third and 12, they give up the big pass. Mm-hmm. Or times they had breakdowns in the coverage where it seemed like they were had them on the ropes, but then one bad tackle, one bad play, they couldn't turn around and look for the ball. It was just so many fundamental things that just wouldn't go right. And just because you didn't have the players back there, you didn't have the dudes back there that you needed. So it's just fascinating to me how, how you get to this point to where you just haven't been able to figure out the secondary. I don't know. 
I'd like to get your thoughts and opinions. Why hasn't Arkansas been able to figure out the secondary? Why haven't they been able to get good defensive backs at least a little more consistently over the past 10 years and will change under Chad Morris? You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast brought to you by Bud Light Lemon Tea, a unique twist on America's favorite light lager. Give is to Alex Collins straight up the middle and Collins on the run. They won't catch him. Alex Collins is going to take it all the way to the house. Michael, who's in Stuttgart, calling in. What's going on, Michael? Yeah, I enjoy your conversation. I mean, it's really thing, honestly. I'm, I mean, I know that's your job. It's what you're supposed to do. But I actually like listening to you. And I mean, I'm like a connoisseur, you know, for fine sports. So if I like it, you know, it must be really good and there must be something to it. So I want to congratulate <laughs> you guys on doing that much at least. It means a lot to well, me. That's I know that. You know. Well, it should. It should. <laughs> you know, if you ever have any kids or grandkids, you could tell them about it and they'd remember it. I'm going to drop Mark the mic Jackson. and go home now, you know. There you, there you go. Drop something. Guys, was, did he go to Alabama State? And, and he had the, and his claim to fame or his biggest attribute was his big arm. Is that is that uh, who that was? You're talking about the bike. Yeah, you're talking about Tavarius Jackson. Tavarius. Yeah, yeah, he went. Yeah, he was at Alabama State and he had a huge arm and he was, I think, the backup for Matt Jones. I'm trying to remember which year it was, but yeah, he wasn't going to play. Guys, what I was thinking about when you guys were talking about these corners, I think there's a reason that Arkansas hasn't had the corners. They haven't had many defensive coaches. And in order to have corners and the, just the mentality and the nature of the position, they want something in front of them. Arkansas's best teams have had good defenses, and they have. And, and Tommy made a great point. They've had had players at every level, but just a player where all these other teams, you know, have multiple players. And it doesn't go back to the question of why Arkansas doesn't have them or hasn't had them. But I think the reason is honestly is perception. You know, they're looking for swag. You know, they're looking to come to a place. And Arkansas, offensively, they've had some offensive coach and they put some points on the board. But defensively, they really haven't done a whole lot. Like I said, there hasn't been anything in front of them. And there hasn't been a reason for these players to come. And it's just the mentality of the position. You know, it's kind of look at me position and we're out here and we want to come. But it's different now with Morris. And I know people can say, well, you're singing this guy's praises. But I believe this guy could sell oil lights in Texas if there wasn't any oil on the ground. What I'm telling you is look at the social media when they're taking these pictures with these guys, and I know it's going on a lot of places, but it's not going on everywhere. Where it is going on, it's going on in Alabama, it's going on at Clemson. It's going on at these big-time universities. I don't know, I know you guys have noticed, Arkansas is doing big-time things, other big-time things. They're selling, and it's that's what they have now in basketball, too, honestly. They, they had kind of lumps on logs, not anymore. Guys, they're selling, and I look, they got Catalan now. They've got a, a couple other big cornerbacks. I think everything, the paradigm has, is slowly changing. It's actually... Uh, change a little faster than slowly. It just doesn't seem like it because we haven't seen the results yet, and it's been bad for so long. But they're changing the swag and the perception of Arkansas, and that's the first thing that has to change, and that goes along with the foundation. But I think you'll see some differences. And I think the secondary of the defense in the next couple of years, I think you'd be surprised this year, the next couple of years, maybe be the strength of the team. And, and are you basing that just because of the recruiting side of things? or do you Yes, think, okay. yes, yes. Well, because that was the thing that we were discussing, Michael, is that you know, it's it's just recruiting. When you don't, why don't you have good players back but, there? Well, you got to recruit the good players. Like that's that's obvious. Right. But it also comes into play to where you know, I feel like the state of Arkansas has produced good players at most positions at particular times. But it doesn't look like any secondary players have really transitioned from the state of Arkansas into college, except for Darius Winston was really the only one that was highly recruited. But we all saw that ended up. But in the glaring obvious thing, guys, that you got to fix is overall team speed, including the. Primarily the secondary, but wide receiver secondary, those two things. You got to be better by being faster. Because to me, this team on both sides of the ball and really at every position group is not fast. And that that's a byproduct of the Bielema era where 
where speed was not a priority, but you got to get faster. And that that's really the, the issue that Chad Morris is facing to do what he wants to do is team speed is not anywhere near where it's got to be. But the players he's bringing in, they are fast. Right. I mean, that, that is the difference. I mean, it, and that's, that's the paradigm shift right there. A whole, whole different. I mean, it's all about speed. I mean, it's just the beginning. People are so, I mean, John, you, you, uh, I know you're like a uh, you're a dyed in the wool Razorback fan, but you're not a homer. You're actually a pessimist because you had so much disappointment in your life. Is that true? Is what it comes <laughs> off as to me. Or, uh, I mean, I think that listen. The way I look at it is, I is if I'm going to talk about my fandom, I root for the school. I don't root for the person. I don't root for the coach. I don't root for sure. the. I root for the school, and it's just a matter he, of he loved the school so much, Michael. He was there seven and a half years. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> they got a, they got a few of my dollars in tuition and everything, but it's also because I went through during my time in college, especially I went through some really great ups and some really great downs, and it's just I got a perspective on all of it, and I just I have to call it as I see it. And I know that's cliche to say, but. If it's bad and if it's if I'm not feeling good about it, then I'm not going to feel good about it. But you you seem mostly bad, and you know you got you got Razorback in your blood. I mean, your your family, your lineage. I mean, you're Razorback fan uh, through and through. I'm not saying what I, I know anything because I've only right. heard you on the show. But is is that true? Yeah, I, I mean, if you, if you had to put it out there, yeah, I guess that would be a little more true than. Well, well than I'll most. tell you this: I want to I want to applaud you on your professionalism because it doesn't come through. I think it may have jaded you a little bit with good reason. I mean, if you if you get go to school every day and you get beat up, I mean, you don't like going to school, so <laughs> it, it's been you know been some experiences. But I believe it's about to change. You know, I, yeah. I believe it's about to change for everybody, and and I, I hope it does. You know, uh, I believe it will, and, and maybe for your sake, you know, better days are ahead, John. Yeah, well, I appreciate that, Michael. I appreciate that, and uh, I mean that's. Yeah. Anytime I have a uh, have Michael give me a compliment, I don't I don't know how to really to take it. Sometimes it's hard to know if you're being sarcastic or not, Michael. No, no, hey, I call it like it is, man. Yeah. I, I'm just I'm just telling you what I see. I'm just asking the questions, and I thought that's the way it was. And and hey, you're you're a professional, and and uh, better days are ahead. And you you took you taking some trauma, you taking some beating. You but, are making uh, life on me and Ty so difficult right now. You no, have no I'm idea. My, my head's not going to be able to fit through that doorway God. walking out of here. Yeah, <laughs> Michael. Burger, buddy. Yeah, pre- well, appreciate the comments and appreciate the phone call, Michael. Really tied do. on it all. Yeah. <laughs> He's going to be insufferable. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush podcast, brought to you by Bud Light Lemon Tea, a unique twist on America's favorite light lager. Now, having some interesting conversation this morning dealing with the Arkansas Razorback football team and some of the position groups that they've had. They've been really good at some positions over the past 10 years and some not so much. And to help us talk about it and get dive into it a little more, let's welcome in Andrew Hutchinson of hogbeat.com. Really appreciate you joining us, Andrew. How are you doing this morning, man? Doing pretty good. How about you? We're doing well. And I, I want to start right here because this is something I texted you about last night. So hopefully uh, you're able to dive into your book of stats there, which I know you have. But it seems like in the past 10 years, for the Arkansas Razorback football team, there's been some ups and some downs. There's been some great seasons and some awful seasons. But at least when you look at the position group breakdown, they've been really good at quarterback, really good at running back, really good at tight end. Even offensive line has had some really good years. Defensive line's had some really good years. Even the kicker has been pretty good. But linebacker and especially defensive back and in the secondary has struggled mightily and it didn't really matter who the coach was. So why do you think that is? Why has Arkansas football in the past 10 years especially not been able to get good quality defensive backs out there on the field? Yeah, I think it really all leads back to recruiting. Uh, I know that's kind of an easy answer and, and everything, but if, if you actually look at the numbers, uh, you know, I'll focus on linebacker at first. 
you know, they just really haven't brought in a ton of really good uh, linebackers. I mean, if you think about other positions, you know, tight ends, uh, you know, they bring in guys like Hunter Henry who was heralded out of, out of high school. At running back, you, you bring in a, a guy like Alex Collins who everyone in the country wanted. Uh, quarterback, you bring in, you get guys like Ryan Mallett. You know, he was a transfer, a uh, little bit different. But, I mean, Tyler Wilson, I believe, was the four-star. Brandon Allen was uh, highly recruited. So was Austin Allen. Uh, so you, you've got these guys that you know, are highly recruited. And, and obviously the recruiting rankings doesn't guarantee uh, college success. But the more you bring in, the, the higher percentage you have of, of landing and hitting on it. Uh, and you know, I looked it up since of during the rivals era. So this is going back to 2002, which is even a little bit further than than the time span you're talking about. Arkansas has only signed eight four-star linebackers over the I guess 17, 18 year span, mm. and that's just that's not a lot. And if we focus just on the, the 10 year span, you know, this uh, assuming Martavius French, you know, assuming he stays a four-star and, and signs with Arkansas, it'll be the third year in a row Arkansas has landed a four-star linebacker. Before that, you've got to go back to 2012 with Otha Peters. You know, he was a, you know, all freshman guy, eventually transferred, uh, had a really good career, just not with Arkansas. And then before that, you got to go back to 2009 for a four-star and that's Austin Moss. You know, another guy who didn't really have success at Arkansas, eventually transferred. So uh, before this current run, that was only two guys, two four-star linebackers. And so when you, when you only bring in that many, uh, the odds of them like having success, uh, you don't have much wiggle room. Uh, you know, schools like Alabama and, and other schools that bring in uh, top-notch uh, talent, they have a little bit more wiggle room. You, you, there are four-star busts, but you don't hear about them because they also have the four-star all-conference guys. And yeah. I think that's really uh, the number one issue when it comes to linebackers and even uh, defensive backs, corners, guys like that is they're just not bringing in the quite the level of talent that you see other SEC teams do, and so there's less wiggle room when you do land uh, the, the top-notch recruits. We went back and looked at how many defensive backs Arkansas had drafted since they've, just, since they've joined the SEC. It's only been seven. And of those seven, six were during the Houston Nutt era, and Tevin Mitchell's the outlier in 2015 – um, is that because Houston Nutt put more emphasis on it? Is it because he had coaches like Bobby Allen and Lewis Campbell that developed players into that? I mean, it, it's kind of hard to ignore the fact that, uh, you know, A, he only had seven, but six of those seven came with, with one head coach. I mean, why is it that other head coaches haven't had more success getting players to the league out of the defensive backfield? Yeah, I think you hit on it a little bit there. I think just the, the coaching philosophies and everything, that it seemed like Arkansas was more of a, a defensive-minded type team uh, when Houston Nutt was the head coach. I mean, if you look uh, since then, you know, Bobby Vitrino, everyone remembers he had a fantastic offense, you know, really exciting to watch. Defense was still good. Uh, and then over the last probably five or six years, the Bielema years and even last year, uh, Arkansas has statistically had some of the worst defenses in school history. I think the top uh, four of the top five worst defenses in terms of points per game and yards per game have been in you know the last half a decade. Uh, and so when you're putting out bad products on the field, you're not going to be have. Uh, so generally, that's the result of not having 
the the talent you need on defense. And there's been a lot of turnover at defensive coordinator. Uh, you know, they've gone from uh, Rob Smith to Paul Rhodes to now John Chavis. Uh, that's that's quite the uh, quite the cycle they've gone through. And so uh, they just they just really haven't been that good on defense. I mean, you look at the other positions on defense. I, I bet they haven't produced that many draft picks at the other positions either. So uh, I, I think it really has to go back to the philosophy of the head coach and, and again, recruiting. you, you got to bring in the talented players, uh, and and you can't just focus all of your uh, recruiting efforts on the offensive side of the ball. And I, I think that's one thing, you know, looking ahead, uh, that looks good for Arkansas uh, because Chad Morris last year's this past class in 2019 that was so heralded, I think number 20 in the country, uh, they had a lot of a lot of four star guys on offense. You know, everyone talks about the receivers with Trey Knox and uh, Traylon Burks, guys like that. But you also had a lot of really talented defensive players along the defensive line that uh, were four star guys. Colin Clay, uh, you know, uh, Zach Zemos, the linebacker. Uh, you had defensive backs, Jalen Catalan. Uh, so it's really you got to have a nice balance. And I just don't think that that balance has been there uh, over the last five, six, seven years. Speaking with Andrew Hutchison of hogbeat.com right now on the morning rush. Andrew, continuing on with that discussion, how much of it do you feel like is the in-state recruiting? And this is because this is something that can be widely talked about, but it seems like in the state of Arkansas, they've had some great quarterbacks. You mentioned three of the past four great quarterbacks have been from Arkansas, and even Mal wasn't from Texarkana, so you can almost even count that as an Arkansas kid, but they've been good there. They've had some good offensive linemen come out of Arkansas, D linemen, running backs. Most of their tight ends, if not all their tight ends, have come out of Arkansas. It seems like they've been really good at those position groups. So how, how much do you think the linebackers and secondary especially have to do with the fact that you're just not producing them from inside the state? Oh, 100%. I mean, I actually looked that up uh, before I came on here. And, you know, Arkansas, if you look at throughout the entire, you know, rivals era since 2002, they have had exactly two four-star linebackers. And uh, they're quite the names. You got Van Steumann from North Little Rock back oh, in man. 2006. <laughs> yeah. He was uh, the number 209 overall prospect that year, uh, came to Arkansas. And then before that, the only other one is, is a guy named Matt Stoltz. Uh, some people may not even remember him. I think he's from Pulaski Academy from 2004. Uh, signed with LSU, eventually transferred to Arkansas, but I don't believe he really did much during his career. Uh, so that's only two guys. And even if you expand that to high three-star guys, uh, you had a couple in back-to-back years with A.J. Turner in 2012 and Brooks Ellis in 2013. But other than that, that that's it. That, that's, that's four guys that were either high three-star or four-star recruits at linebacker and so the state really doesn't produce a lot of those guys it feels like a lot of them are playing other positions uh particularly on the offensive side of the ball i mean guys are are really good wide receivers that they could probably be good defensive backs but they're they're receivers guys that are really good running backs could probably be pretty good linebackers i mean Mm -hmm. you know for example Traylon burks from warren this past year uh he's a guy that's the an incredible wide receiver. I think he's going to have a lot of success, but watching him play in high school, I had the thought, man, this guy would be a really good linebacker at Arkansas, but he's playing wide receiver. So uh, it's, it's, I guess it's just kind of the, the way offenses are in this state. Uh, and it's also not exactly a big state, you know, a big state like Texas, you've got a lot of crazy good athletes that are playing offense, but you also still have 
a ton more crazy good athletes that are playing defense. So uh, definitely the, the in-state recruiting has, has a huge factor on that because, as you mentioned, you know, let's think about tight ends, for example. I mean, your tight ends that have been drafted have been you know Hunter Henry, Jeremy Sprinkle, uh, Chris Gragg, D.J. Williams. Those are all Arkansas kids. A.J. Derby, he's not an Arkansas kid. He's probably the outlier, but everyone else, those have been Arkansas guys. Cheyenne O'Grady on this year's team. Hudson Henry coming through the ranks. Uh, all of those are Arkansas guys. So uh, definitely the in-state recruiting has a, a definite fa- uh, factor on, on the uh, the level of linebacker production and defensive back production Arkansas has had uh, over the last decade. And to your point, 25 or 30 years ago, certainly a generation or two ago, players would have played both ways. If you were good enough to be a standout wide receiver, but you could have played linebacker or secondary your high school coach wouldn't have batted an eye at playing you both ways coaches are really apprehensive at the high school level to play players start in both both directions now you specialize now we're in a specialty world so you don't get to see what this guy could do playing wide receiver and linebacker players you just, we just don't see that in today's time andrew oh exactly i mean you see it in specialization with with just sports in general because you, you very rarely find a Connor Nolan who is, you know, all state in baseball and football. Uh, guys typically focus on one sport, and even more than that, they focus on one position. Uh, Traylon Burks, you know, at the, the lower levels, uh, you see it a little bit more. Uh, they play both ways because it's a necessity, because they're, you know, studs and they can't come off the field. But when you get up to the five, six, seven, a level, uh, Fayetteville High School, you know, you got guys playing on one side of the ball because they have other, you know, maybe not as talented guys, but pretty talented guys that can play that position, and you can stay sharp and and stay fresh for your particular side of the ball. So yeah, I think there's definitely a specialization factor on there, and and as schools get larger and have more numbers, uh, then it allows coaches to be a little bit more picky on, on who they play both ways. I mean, it's, it's really rare to see that at the 7A level. I know, uh, just remembering back from when I played, uh, I guess, seven years ago, it was uh, you, you very rarely had guys playing both ways because you had enough enough players, enough numbers to, to be able to avoid that. So I think that also has a factor in it for sure. Andrew Hutchison of hogbeat.com. Really interesting stuff, Andrew. Appreciate you hopping on with us early this morning, man. Have a great one, and I'm sure we'll be catching up with you once college football season gets ahead of us, man. It's coming up. I'm looking forward to it. Your number one source of local news and information you need. Like the Bud Light Morning Rush podcast? Check out the Halftime Pod at hitthatline.com.